This is an explicit podcast meant for those over the age of 18. Any views expressed in this podcast are based solely on our own experiences. This podcast does not constitute as medical or other professional advice. Welcome to Front Porch Swingers, where we talk about sex on our terms. We talk swinging, hot wifing, BDSM, and so much more in the hopes that we will inspire you to enjoy sex on your terms. Enjoy the show, everybody. Hey everyone, welcome to Front Porch Swingers. I'm Brenna. I'm Brian. This episode of FPS is brought to you by our friends over at Promescent. They are the company that develops some of our favorite sexy bedroom products, including their flagship product, the Delay Spray, which is perfect for extending your sexy bedtime play. Yeah, we have used it extensively. Yeah. We like it. It's a great product. We're huge fans. And you've also been taking their Vitaflex for weeks now and uh, are already on your second bottle. Yeah, I'm going to have to get a bottle number three here pretty quick. It's an amazing product. I wasn't accustomed to taking necessarily supplements first thing every morning because it's not really my thing, but definitely can can see a, a difference in libido, energy, even recovery. It's really good stuff. Yeah. Is that why you're grabbing my ass more often? Yep, probably. Awesome. I love Vitaflex too then. So you can head on over to promescent.com. That is P-R-O-M-E. E-S-C-E-N-T.com. Use our new promo code, which is FRONT15, F-R-O-N-T-1-5, to get 15% off of your entire order. Yeah, jump over there, check it out. The stuff is awesome. Hell yes. Also, we have patrons that we need to thank today as sponsors of our podcast. Our Patreon account has become just, you know, one of my absolute favorite things in the entire world. Not only do we get to communicate with people via Telegram and Snapchat, which is fun and sexy and very kind of therapeutic during this time, but we also have some amazing giveaways going on right now, and I love that. Yeah, get your anal on. That's what's happening next. (laughs) Well, that giveaway is actually (laughs) happening today as this podcast is coming out, but we were just sent some toy, a new toy yes. from a new company. I sh- not new company, but new to us. And we're yeah. going to be giving that away to one of our lucky Patreon members as well. So if you want to get in on those giveaways and receive other bonuses as a thank you for supporting us and the show, head on over to patreon.com slash front porch swingers. As always, that will be in our show notes for you. So it's easily accessible. And we have a whole bunch of new Patreon members we need to say a big thank you to today. That's John, Kathy, his hot wife, Fawaz, George, ABC, Star, Stacy, and Eric. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yes, much appreciated. We're also doing our monthly digital hangouts, which are awesome. Different themes every month. Started doing that pretty much weekly during this whole lockdown. Uh, now that things have opened up a little bit and schedules are getting a little bit back to normal, we're going to be doing it once a month. It is a good fucking time. Hell yeah. Come join us and have some fun. So... This has been kind of an interesting week, I think. So we talked last week about how things are kind of not back to normal, but maybe getting on the road to normal. For sure. In our area. And because of that, we've had quite a bit of digital communication with people. And we're kind of at this point where we're trying to sift through and understand like what makes sense for us, what doesn't. And during that process, you were hit up by a couple. A number of couples, yes. But one couple in particular has an interest in you. Yeah. so They want to play with you specifically. So they're a couple that has never played with a, a single female, but they want to dive into that world. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Yeah. They reached out to me. They saw your picture, thought you were super cutie pants, which you are. Oh, and that's nice. they were wondering what our dynamic was. So I had some communication with them. They're a very attractive couple, uh, been together 15 years, experienced in the lifestyle, but never had the quote unquote unicorn or single female. And they were Oh, so they played with couples before. 
Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes, but not the single female. Okay, and that honestly makes me feel a little bit better because when you first mentioned this whole thing to me, you did not tell me about their lifestyle experience. And I was like, I'm always really hesitant about the people who just want to have a single female in their bedroom. And I always wonder, like, have you thought through all of this? Yes, it sounds really sexy. Maybe the wife in the couple has these fantasies and she's like, oh, it'd be so sexy to lick pussy or have someone lick mine. But it's like when you actually get into that situation, it can be a whole different ballgame. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's interesting because they they do have the experience. They've been together a while and not having had that particular experience, I thought was was kind of interesting. And of course, I explained to them that we would all obviously meet before anything were to happen, any play were to happen. So that's really going to be the time where we, we ask those very pointed questions. Yeah. You know, because like I said, and I Make think sure I had, this, had that conversation with Cole, uh, you cannot unsuck that dick. <laughs> So exactly. let's just make sure that we're all on the same page. We're totally putting that on a t-shirt one of these days. I told Cole, I go, when it, you know, he and I could just partner up and just do it. We're, we're trademarking that yeah, shit. Trademarking. Don't take it, anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot unsuck that dick. So yeah, I mean, it's it sounds great in theory, right? It's super fucking hot. And especially like, you know, you're talking about a couple that's been together 15 years. Had they not had any experience at all and then bringing a single female in, well, here's this gal now watching her partner of 15 years have sex with another female. And not just that, but me being the other female. Like, yeah. someone who's super versed in the lifestyle and like super comfortable. I'm just going to walk in and fucking start suck, sucking cock. Right. You know what I mean? I don't really have a, a medium switch. I no. go from like nothing to cock sucking very, very quickly. Yeah. Zero so to I maybe am not, very fast. I'm not the best fit for a rookie couple. And that was kind of my main concern when you told me about this. Yeah, no, we'll, and we'll definitely need to have that conversation. They are, of course, aware that you have had that experience before. I didn't go into detail. And of course, we have regular playmates as well and all that kind of stuff. And they, they seem quite lovely digitally, very respectful. And so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think... So we have talked about the fact that I... So I I played with that couple in Miami Mm -hmm. and I had a really nice time with them. But I think part of the intrigue of being with them as a couple was the fact that I was like out of town. I didn't have the option for you to be there and to engage with us. And it felt like kind of this like sexy beach getaway type of situation. And so that's what really turned me on about the whole thing. But if I had to choose a scenario for myself, I probably wouldn't choose myself and a couple. But you seem very interested in the idea and I'm definitely open to that conversation if it turns you on yeah i like the idea because well i enjoyed that interaction that you had you know obviously from a distance uh in miami because i like the idea of you being like the center of attention between the couples which is exactly what happened in miami essentially yeah and so there's a big part of that that i that i like you know that that whole compersion factor and the idea that you are being satiated by two people yeah Yeah, i mean the the couple in miami like took me out and yeah yeah, they were very pleasant they yeah they met you they walked together to the location you had dinner, drinks, as you said. And then it was a date almost situation, which I, I like the idea of too, which makes a lot more sense with, with a couple, I think, than a you know single guy or whatever. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk know. about that in a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. We are actually going to delve into that exact topic very shortly. Yes, we are. But um, before we do, I think we have to get to single guy tip of the week. Yeah. So with all of this digital madness that's now happening and it is really ramped up like i'm getting like 50 messages every couple of days it's crazy so it's yeah and not just not the couples necessarily but from single guys particularly and so let me just say this guys do not fall into the trap okay and the trap is very simple i very purposely when i post an ad on one of our platforms i always post two ads typically a day or two apart the verbiage is very similar so if you're paying attention and you read the ads thoroughly, you can tell this is written by the same couple or same person. Right. Okay. Well, now what's happening is, and I'm I'm getting this a lot now, as of 
and I say a lot lately, the last week or two, really started to get it. I'm getting multiple responses. So one person is responding to both ads with the exact same copy and pasted response. Right. Which tells me a couple of things. One, you're fucking lazy and you're phoning it in. Okay. You're not reading the ads 100%. Because if you did, you would notice very clearly that both of these ads came from the same couple or person. And essentially what you're doing is looking foolish because you're throwing out a wide net trying to catch as much as you can, and you're just phoning it in. You're not reading the ad. You're not making sure that what is written in that ad is specific to you. You're just throwing it out there up against the wall to see what sticks. Right. And when you do that, you are instantly eliminated. I don't even fuck with it. And I know as soon as I get the email the email update, I know instantly what has happened because there's two back-to-back, two from back-to-back. From the same email. <laughs> from the same email, one or two seconds apart. Right. So I know exactly what you're doing. And you're instantly out of the game. That's fucking lazy. And you're really setting yourself up, especially you know, for us like in a town like ours. That, that, you know, we, we know we're going to know who you are, especially as we start to send out more kind of messages and more posts and, you know, putting out, you know, more feelers, the same guys are doing the same thing. It's repetitive. Yeah. You know, that doesn't work. No, it is not going to work because if you're that lazy before we even meet you, we know that you're not going to put in the effort once we, if we give you the opportunity to meet, certainly. Well, what's interesting is, so we talked about this yesterday when we were talking about this episode and I was like, well, I feel like we should maybe steer away from using those like ad platforms because we don't typically get good responses. I don't think I've ever played with anyone we've met off of those, have I? Uh, Maybe one that I can, I think I recall one kind of started that way. But as I told you yesterday, for every 50 responses I'm getting, there's maybe one person that I will respond back to. Right. But I guess my point is on some of our platforms where it's like a paid site or especially like our BDSM site, places where you have a profile and there is more opportunity to kind of see people's interests and typically people spend more time looking through those things, we have a lot better success. Now, that being said, it's ironic I say that because we fucking met on Craigslist. Yes, we did. When when the casual encounters was still a thing, rest in peace. Yeah. So yeah, no, there's no question. Well, listen, there are, we know that there are legitimate people on on all platforms, right? On, on all facets of this. There are legitimate people everywhere. And there are some that are not so legitimate. Right. Even on our BDSM site, we get a lot of bullshit on there too because what you're getting there is guys, particularly single guys, jump on. They think, oh, this is going to be an easy lay. Uh-uh, motherfucker. <laughs> it's more difficult there than it is anywhere else because BDSM is not synonymous with sex necessarily. Right. It's a very different dynamic. And you're going to jump through a whole lot of hoops right. before that ever happens with someone who's playing in the BDSM world, particularly someone who plays there exclusively. Right. That changes the game. So these guys do that thinking, oh, well, I'll just send out the same fucking random post to the same, you know, to 25 fucking people and expect some kind of result. You know, typically the result you get is a big go fuck yourself because it's obvious what you're doing. Yeah, it's not a numbers game. This is not a numbers game. I think of every single guy that has reached out to us that I have ended up playing with, every single one of them had a thoughtful response that said something about either my profile or an ad that we put up. And it was very specific about what they were looking for. And it shows that they take the time. They're taking it seriously. And those are the guys that are going to get in my pants. Well, and we, we just talked to a lovely couple last night, actually, and something that the gal said of the couple was the pushiness. She does not fuck around with guys who reach out who are pushy. Right. Doesn't like it. You've got to go at the pace of the person with whom you are reaching. You know, if you're reaching out to a couple, you're on that on that couple's pace. Right. That's just the way it is. You know, it's, you know, like it or not, 
right, wrong, doesn't matter. That's the way it is. Well, it's absolutely right. So, well, it depends on what <laughs> whose perspective you've got, but that's just the way it is, and that's the way it'll always be as far as I'm concerned for us. It's our pace. Yeah. We dictate the pace. You do, partic- particularly. So, you know, yeah, here's the bottom line. Single guy tip of the week. Pay attention to the details in the ads that you are responding to and the profiles you're responding to. Listen, don't kid yourself. We've got multiple profiles on multiple platforms as well. So if you reach out to one and you fuck up and reach out to both of them with the same bullshit response, you're going going to get caught in that trap. And I do it purposely. It weeds out all the bullshit. Yeah. So don't get yourself caught up in that. And it's really happened lately because, you know, listen, everyone's eager to get back thirsty. Get back out there. People yeah. People want get it. their cock sucked so bad. Yes, I get it. But you gotta fucking pump the brakes. So. And trust me, I want to do that too, but I want to do it with quality guys that give a shit. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about this because of all the you know, the craziness that has got us, you know, had us locked down and you know, we had some real introspective thought about all this. We're just simply gonna take a lot more time to determine who we engage with. Yes. Period. That's all there is to it on that subject you have a date today i do yes with clint finally you're gonna get to see clint yeah i'm really fucking pumped for that he texted and asked if he could come over this afternoon and i was like uh fuck yes you can yes absolutely so i'm really yeah i'm excited to dive back in this will be the first time i played with him and i don't even know like 10 weeks probably oh at least and we just got a surprise text from our our friend hannah who also happens to be in town unfortunately we don't know if we're gonna be able to put all that together there's a lot going on today yeah so, we'll see but yeah. either way i'm for sure seeing clint that is a yeah absolutely priority so we'll, uh, number one we'll so. have that conversation probably next week it'll be a good time i haven't seen him obviously and as much as and as long as you haven't seen him so it'll be nice to kind of touch base with him connect you know? yeah yeah so we're looking forward to playing with our friends that's the goal right now and as we move forward it'll be the quality folks it is not going to be the guys who respond to every fucking random ad with the same copy and pasted response yeah well luckily as we go through this whole thing it's a reminder of how lucky we are to have regular play partners that we know that we trust yeah. we trust their judgment and that's actually something that kind of leads us into the discussion that we're going to have today yeah it's really going to be i'm really interested in some of the, your your perspectives on some of the stuff because so we've been continuing our education as it pertains to sexuality based material and relationship based material and we have been preparing to interview you know we have certain interviews that are coming up we have been preparing to be on certain shows we've been on a couple and done those interviews they haven't come out yet so we're not going to talk about those just yet we want the folks that did the interviewing to promote them first but it kind of led us into a conversation about where do we really fall? And also we had a conversation with Mistress K. Obviously we interviewed her and that opened up some some dialogue between all of us after the recording. And so, yeah, where do we fall in the spectrum of ethical non-monogamy, right? Like the way I put it, there's like a banner all the way at the top, ethical non-monogamy, and then there's all these branches that come down and it's, you know, swinging and poly and open triad, open relationships, all that kind of stuff. And we had a conversation about it, well, m- multiple conversations. We're just trying to kind of flush it out. Yeah, well, I think the big thing that we have learned, I think the biggest thing that came out of our discussion with Mistress K was thinking of things in terms of it being a spectrum rather than black and white, yes or no. (laughs) There are so many gray areas and that can be both exciting and confusing. Exciting in that obviously the reason we're in this lifestyle to begin with is because we really want to design our lives the way we want to design them. We want to be able to to not have everyone tell us what we are, what we aren't, and to be able to just live. At the same time, that can be confusing, especially when we're talking with other people or when we're communicating with potential play partners in terms of describing who we are to them. Well, it's different. Well, listen, we also talked about this. I had this conversation with a friend of ours as well. A lot of what we're talking about as it pertains to labels, if you've got to label something, a lot of them are generational. 
right? Yes. So my generation, I'm 50. Swinging is very, it's very common. That term is common. Right, because it was huge in the 70s. Yeah, and, yeah. And most of the people your age, late 20s, early 30s, don't ever use that term. Right. Right. It's it's an open relationship, right? Or it's just ethically non-monogamous. Right. That swinger term is almost a turnoff to younger generations. Right. Because it brings up, it conjures up images of like the old key parties and, you know, everybody running around on shag carpet and, you know. <laughs> Right? You know. Yeah, just indiscriminate fucking on like you right. know, huge couches and shit like yeah, that, absolutely. which certainly still happens. Sure but I would not say it's the norm in the lifestyle. Well, it's not. It, it, it's not the norm in all the generations. Right. That's just. It's simply that. It's that simple. So, you and I come from different generations. Although we do have common beliefs in the space, we do see some things differently, and it brought us to what are we? What category do we fall under? Right. Right. Which is for us, it's an interesting kind of concept. All of it falls under ethical non-monogamy. So we were talking to a number of people. Also, we spoke, as you said, with Mistress K, pertaining to the hot wifing versus the cuckolding dynamics. Right. And I likened it when you and I got done talking with her to a polygraph. Right. I have beat a polygraph test before, full oh, disclosure. Whoa, congrats. Thank you. Well, you I don't already, know if that's something to be proud of. Well, you but. already knew that, <laughs> and I told you how to do it. However, I don't know if it's gotten any more advanced since uh, you know the mid-90s. Probably. Probably. But I did beat a polygraph, and I was taught how to do it. So if you, so when it comes to taking the polygraph test back in those days, if you calmed yourself down, you convinced yourself that what you were saying was true, you got your blood pressure down, you know, all those things you could alter the polygraph. So if I believe something, if I force myself to believe it, then it's true, right? right. So if I force myself to believe that I am not in a hot wife situation or I am a cuckold or I'm not a cuckold, does that perception of myself mean that I'm right? Or is it the dynamic of the situation that makes it right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really hard question to answer because I mean obviously the whole point of the lifestyle for us like I just said is that we want to do things our way so if we see ourselves in a certain light then that's what right. we are right. but to the outside world especially in a lifestyle where there are so many different branches and where people are trying to really understand it and figure it out that can be problematic well yeah because now on top of all of this information that we've already like absorbed over the course of the three years we've been in this space now throw on top of that this kind of educational piece that we've been dealing with you have one level of education that you're working on i have another right you're going to be through your program before me but then you start looking at the information that they're providing some of it is inc incredibly relative to our lifestyle. Absolutely. And very informative and, and just super detailed and clinical. And then it gets to the point where some information is kind of like anecdotal. Yeah. And it's so fucking far off, it's almost hard to believe that the quote unquote expert professional doctor is is offering you this information right you know yeah, it's like true. how the fuck did you go from being super spot on or really kind of digging deep into this right and it, it's so fucking strange to me which has got had us thinking you know like where do we fall you know again you have a regular playmate clint for example you've been playing with him as we realized on your birthday for over a year yeah so right it's about a year and a half now right hannah our gal playmate We've been seeing her now for six or eight, nine months, something eight like months that. Eight months probably, yeah. Right? And it gets you thinking. So you've been playing with Clint for over a year. Is that a poly situation? Well, so we talked about that and what we we really dug into what does my and Clint's dynamic look like? Because on the surface, it's very clearly a hot wife bull type situation. He is coming in, he is engaging with me sexually, and then he's leaving. He's not taking me on dates. We're not going on weekend getaways together or any of those types of things. So 
I guess on the surface, it looks very much like a swinging dynamic, right? Yeah, but then factor in, spent your birthday with us. Right. We have multiple times been to dinner and drinks with him. I correspond with him. So what does that... And again, where there's that emotional component potentially that falls kind of falls in the category of poly and not necessarily just swinging or open relationship. You know, you guys text about vanilla bullshit all the time. Right. You know, he'll call you, he'll text you and tell you how, how his day is gone, ask you how your day is. There's an emotional component there. Well, I was just going to say what determines what is emotional and what is not. You right. know, I see him as a as a friend, as a good friend. Yeah. So, I mean, there is that emotional component there. So, sure. yeah, I mean, one of the things that we've had this very interesting conversation about is like what is what truly is polyamorous and what truly is not polyamorous. And what you find when you really dig in, when you read when you talk to people is that there's all of this gray area in between lots of gray area and what we've talked about for a long time is that there there seems to be kind of a line between swinging and polyamory right Right, right. this the people that consider themselves very staunch swingers that's not the right term but you understand what i'm saying they're very clearly swingers are the people that go to the swingers club they'll hook up with a couple and they may never see them again or they have you know people that they hang out with once in a while but it is clearly for sex and then they they are out. And that's pretty much the extent of their relationship. And then on the other end with polyamory, you know, typically when you think of polyamorous relationships, you think of people that are romantically involved with one another. They they are dating multiple people. They are having emotional connections with multiple people. And yes, sex may or may not be a part of that. Typically it is, but it it's very different. It's There's a line that's drawn in between the two. And sometimes I feel like we ride that line. Well, oh, listen, we, so th- the very steadfast folks who are on the, in the swinger camp, right? Particularly people my age, older, maybe a drop younger, the, the swinging concept is couple for couple. Right. And that's very obvious, particularly when you talk about clubs, for example, right? The club that I was associated with. That was a couple's club. Right. There were rare occasions when single men or single women were permitted, but you went in as a couple and you played as a couple. Right. Or you were together as a couple. So it's couple swapping. That's like the the very basis of the swinger world, right? right. That's the hardcore swinger people. Right. Then you've got where you enter you entertain single people, right? Single men, single females. Now you're kind of you're you're venturing off a little bit just a little outside of the swinger camp, right? Right, right. Then take it a step further. Now you've got regular single playmates, not couples, where maybe the male or female of the couple plays alone with other people regularly, much like you and I do. Right. But we also play in the space with couples. Right. So, you know, we also have long-term playmates, as we just alluded to. So we don't really fit into any of those categories specifically. (laughs) I mean, we're like all over the place. And I feel like a lot of people are. And the problem is too many people try to fit themselves into categories and there's no need for it. And the other thing that I think is really important for us to consider, and we have talked about this ad nauseum. I mean, it's like constant that we talk about this. Not constant, but it's a lot. The idea of what would happen if, for example, Tomorrow, we meet a wonderful woman and we start playing with her, but it becomes emotional. All of a sudden, we both realize like, yeah, we're having sex with her, but we also really genuinely like her and maybe even have feelings for her. Like, what would that look like? Well, and and you said that we've been talking about that a lot. Obviously, we have over the course of time. But I also interjected. I said, okay, because of our, you know, this educational road we're going down and talking to people who are in the exclusively the poly space, for example, right? We've been talking to a lot of those folks and we'll get into that. But then I said to you, okay, 
But what if it's a guy? Right. What if it's a single dude that we meet, you play with, I really enjoy as a friend, I like him, you dig him, you're enjoying your time with him, and then there's a bit of an emotional component. Well, so so then what does that look like, right? So do we cohabitate with that person? And if we do, and it's not a female where you and I are both engaging sexually with that person, it's just you engaging sexually, but all of us kind of having a very mutual, uh, you know, respectful relationship, what does that look like? Is that a thing? <laughs> I mean, right? yeah, it's definitely a thing. I so don't know it's if it's a thing not, for us. Well, right, but you certainly can't discount it. Right. There's no way we could discount it. Well, that begs the question, what if I came to you and said, hey, I've been playing with this guy and I really feel like I like him? I mean, what uh, does know, that conversation even look like? I, you know, it's a conversation we have never had, but certainly one you can't say it's impossible that that could happen. Right. But okay. So then let's take it another step further than that. See, there's all these little boxes, all these, all these little rabbit holes that we could go down. But I think an interesting one to discuss is, is it possible with the amount of play partners I've had and the amount of time that we've spent with Hannah, that we almost compartmentalize any potential feelings? So for example, I don't even entertain the fact that I could be, you know, romantically interested in, I don't, Aiden. So because it's like there's that glass wall that I have put up because I have always considered us to be a swinging couple and not a polyamorous couple. And therefore, I haven't even allowed myself to go there mentally or emotionally. All right. So think about this for a second. Let's see how emotional it really is, right? You've been playing with Clint for well over a year now. Okay. okay? What if I said, hey, listen, Hannah's in town. Why don't we get both of them together? Let Hannah play with us as well. So now you've brought in another female to play with Clint at the same time or separately from you. What does that trigger in you? I don't like it. Why? I don't know because I feel like he's mine. Exactly. <laughs> so that's my point. That's exactly not, what I'm saying. Not mine is in like, because he has a girlfriend. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we know that. But so do you. So you, have a, you have me. I have you. Right. You know, Hannah has another friend that she plays with. Right. So it's not like anybody is, you know, not into the idea. Oh, fuck. Damn, this is a really good point. So if I said to you, listen, get Hannah on the phone. Let's get her over. Let's have some drink. Because we could do that today. We could make that happen today. Yeah. Right? So if we did that and you saw Hannah and Clint kind of getting friendly, what does that... Do you get jealous? I don't think it's jealousy. Or is it that gut check moment again? I think it's selfishness. Yeah. But so what does that mean? Does that mean like... So it's possible that you could be, you know, emotionally invested in this relationship with Clint as well? I think well? I am emotionally invested in Clint as a person. I don't want to date him. I don't want to like have him take me out to dinner. But yeah, I am emotionally attached to him. Like if, if for example, if he stopped wanting to play with me, I'd be sad. And I think it's kind of t- tied to the same reason that I don't want Hannah to play well, with Okay, him. but you say that you, w- you don't want to necessarily go out on a date with him. What if, uh, you know, I'm out of town, I'm working, whatever, day rolls around, hey, you know, he contacts you, said, hey, I'm, I'm in town, or he contacts me. I'm in town during the day. I was going to take Brenna out to lunch. Is that okay? He contacts you and says, hey, I don't have a lot of time, but I'd like to meet you for a drink or lunch. I'm in town. You wouldn't go have lunch or a drink with him? Well, yeah, I would. <laughs> so once again, just like Hannah, if Hannah said, hey, you know, uh, let's let's all meet for drinks. You said, oh, I can't. I'm at work, but Brian's at home. Why don't you give him a shout? I'd meet her for a drink if it was okay with you. Yeah. So, and I would be totally okay with that. And I would be okay if you went out with Clint. No problem. Right. Because we know them. We know these people. So they're so friends. So where's the line? It's impossible to determine. For us, It's I don't think you, we can discount any potential relationship dynamic. Right. I don't think we can. I, I seriously don't think we can. I thought we could. 
if you had asked me a year ago, right. I probably would have said, yeah, there's just no way. So what has changed over the last year? I think the relationships have changed. Our opportunities with Hannah, for example, I never would have considered the idea after that first fiasco we had with a single gal <laughs> to even consider getting... I would never have thought we would be where we are with Hannah at this point. Right. Right? I would never have imagined Me that. either. Not at, not at all. Hmm. Now, her, you know, her personal situation is a little bit different. So she has responsibilities, familial responsibilities. She's single, but, you know, she has kids and all that. So the idea of her necessarily moving in with us and being a, that being a thing, I don't think makes any sense. But if we determined that there were feelings beyond what's already happening, we couldn't discount the idea because Hannah fits, she's perfect for, if we were going to find somebody, she'd be the perfect person. Yeah. You know, essentially. And Clint certainly isn't out of the question either. You've been playing with him for over a year. We both really like him. And so if he said, hey guys, what if we move this to the next level? What do you think about this? How could you possibly discount the idea? Or at least you have to consider it. Explore it. You got to, right? Yeah. You have to. How do you not? So, but in both of these situations, you're saying if they brought it up, what would be a situation in which we would want to bring it up? I mean, like where would, basically what I'm saying is where would we have to get to in order for one of us to be like, hey, let's consider this. I don't know because I'm not there. I don't have that answer. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think when the time, if it were, well, here's the other part of this. Okay, we don't we don't see them often enough. I don't think at this point for that necessarily to be the case. I think you really have to have a lot of time invested. It's a relationship, just like any other, and I think more time would have to be invested with each of them. I agree, or either of them to make that happen. If one, if like if Hannah lived closer to us and we saw her regularly, yeah, once a week or something, a couple of times a week or whatever, that potentially could happen. Clint, the same thing. If he was close. Closer to us, you know, geographically, and it we started to see him more often. You saw him more often. I was hanging out with him. Shit, there's no telling what might happen. Yeah. But I think because of the distance, that's the thing I think that kind of keeps that wall up for us is the distance. Yeah. You know, the amount of time spent, the type of time spent, right? Right. And the distance. Because if we have dinner with Hannah, typically it's after we've played her before. Or right. we have drinks after. It's always attached to a play session. It, it, it's, it's always attached to a play session. It's never been a situation where we've just met her or or even... Well, we have actually met Clint just for drinks. We've done that. Right. Because he was in town. But not often enough to make that jump, that leap to, okay, let's get into this. Right. Also, here's the other thing. We already know in the back of our minds, we're not going to be here. We're going to be traveling. Right. For at least a year. So we're already setting ourselves up to not have to be concerned about that because yeah. it would just throw a whole nother fucking wrench in the program. Well, which also begs the question of like, who knows how long we'd be on the road right? and, you know, not necessarily having a permanent place to be, you know, this may be something that we don't truly explore or truly right, dive into until we know exactly where we're going to be. We have a friend's group set up. We, you know, we have some stability. Yeah. Decide where in the, where we want to live. Yeah. You know, which we have not decided yet. So, yeah, that's a whole nother piece of it. But I don't think that we can discount from all of the stuff that we have been immersed in the last number of months. I don't think that we can say that we are or are not poly. I don't think we could say that we are opposed to it. I don't think we could say that we were simply swingers or that we only play in one particular space. Our bread and butter is a hot wife space. We all know that. Everybody knows that. Yeah, we know we're a hot wife couple. Aside from that, we don't really know what the fuck we are. Yeah, outside of that, I cannot tell you distinctly that we would or would not be open to anything because that, that, at least that we know is where we, we live there for sure. Right. But we are also open to the other opportunities. Yeah. You know, that the lifestyle presents. And again, it all falls under that ethically non-monogamous umbrella and the idea of just... 
pigeonholing ourselves just doesn't make sense at this point. Right. You know? So if you had to, uh, all that thrown out the window, what you just said made total logical sense. So now I'm going to ask you a completely illogical question. Okay. <laughs> Five years down the road, we're settled somewhere. We're loving life. We're doing what we care about. And we, what does our relationship dynamic look like in a perfect world to you at that point? Well, I mean, if we're settled someplace, I mean, we started that way. Obviously, we live here. We have a home here. But if we are doing that someplace else, I think it's difficult to determine that because we don't know what the next year holds for us. Right. We have no idea what we're going to encounter as we start traveling around and doing all the things that we're going to be doing in this next this upcoming year. So to be you know, specific, I think would be very difficult. I do think that we will have a very, we'll have a much better picture of where we want to be once we get out of this little microcosm that we are currently existing in, you know, this little town that we live in. Once we get out of here and start to meet as many people as we're going to and do all the different things that we have on the calendar, that's going to kind of, I think, open up a lot of opportunities for us. And we'll be have, I think we'll have a better understanding of where we want to be, certainly. I also think before we decide where we are going to end up, what will play a big role in that is where we want to be personally in in this lifestyle. If we decide that we want something specific, I think that's going to have a big determination as to where we end up, whether it's because of a single, of of a particular person or community. Interesting. You know, I mean, we're going to see so much, we're going everywhere, right? Yeah. So I think that a, a big part of how five years looks is going to be that year on the road, what that turns into. Okay. You know, I think we're going to we'll figure out very quickly what we like, what we don't like, what we want to try, what we really, you know, really appreciate about certain aspects of the lifestyle or don't. I think we're, we'll we'll put all that together and then we'll say, okay, this is what we want for sure. Now we got to figure out where we need to be to make that happen, If the, you know, the best place for, for that to happen. Yeah, that makes sense. I so. mean, it's difficult for me, not because of how the next year is going to play out, but more so because of how certain things have felt up to this point. So for example, if I'm just thinking, like if I'm, if I'm thinking of, oh, perfect five years from now, what would that look like? For me, it's like sitting on a beach with another hot chick joining us <laughs> and like the three of us are dating and fucking and playing in the ocean. That's what a perfect world looks like for me. But then I think back to the time that you and I went out with Hannah to dinner and you grabbed her hand. Yeah. How do I get from, I don't like you grabbing Hannah's hand to us, you know, having a relationship on a beach in the ocean. Well, and how do you go from us being almost, exclu- well, not almost exclusively, but certainly 75% of our lifestyle being the hot wife space. How does that work if we're having a relationship with a single gal? I mean, I think for certain for me, and obviously it's not just my decision to make, but for me personally, I don't want that to not be a part of my life. Well, that's my point. I think it's brought so much to my life personally in terms of my confidence level, in terms of my ability to be thoughtful with people and and understanding people's emotions. Like I'm a better person because of hot wifing and I wouldn't want to lose out on that. No question. So am I. So that's that's my whole point. Like here's what I do. Here's what I will say when it comes to that five, year kind of image we will know after the year on the road what the next five years is going to look like yeah i agree that's for sure Mm -hmm. i fully believe that with that kind of being immersed in the space in all the different facets we're going to touch all of it there's no question that that year will tell us exactly where we want and need to be yeah i have no doubt about it i agree yeah it's going to be interesting so what questions do you have for me 
Well, I think you, I mean, the, the question that I asked, it just popped into my head with the idea of introducing Hannah into the space with Clint. What does that make you feel like? And right away, you had that gut, that knee jerk reaction. Immediately. Did you, you see my like face it. and everything? You listeners yeah. obviously can't, but my face must have been going, oh no, yeah. I do not like that. Yeah, no, I mean, it was not, that was never on the table. And I and I, I asked you that because I thought to myself, when I we got back from the gym earlier and I saw that she, she had message, messaged us, for a second, I thought, you know what? This would be a great opportunity for all of us to get together. And then it occurred to me, there's no fucking way Brenda's going to dig that. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it instinctively. So I just didn't say anything. Yeah. But I thought this would be a good time. Let's get a let's get like a, a, a real reaction from you instead of giving you a chance to think about it. Well, and what's interesting about that is like, say if there was a sex party going on in town or something and Clint was like, hey, do you want to come with me? Like I would go and totally be okay with him, like watching him engage with other women. Sure. It's once again that emotional component of like Hannah's coming in. We know her. She's a friend. Right. It feels far more intimate than like a just a random hookup. Well, so here's, you know, I mean, imagine this scenario. We bring Hannah over. Clint comes over. The four of us play. It's all a good time. Now, three months down the road, Hannah's in town. Clint is in town. You and I are busy. They get together. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. See, you have, yeah, you instinctively don't like it. I can tell by the look on your face you don't like it. I don't care, but you don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. So that's, so again, I go back to where are, where do we really fall into? What category do we fall into? We're all over the fucking map. And what's so interesting about that is like, I know that I don't like it. I have this intuition that I would feel very uncomfortable with it, but being able to verbalize exactly why is really difficult for me. Sure. And I think that's, Part of the reason that all of these different labels and boxes are really difficult because it's like, I don't consider us polyamorous right now necessarily. And yet when you put it in those terms, I feel like I flirt with that line. Well, we've spoken to a number of people who play in that space. And and let me say this, this is the part that the thing I found the most, not the most interesting, but certainly interesting. The polyamorous space, the the purists, let's call them the purists in the polyamorous space, it's a fucking small space. Very. It's really small, right? It's like the vegan community. Everybody thinks there's a uh, there's so many vegans out there. It's like 3% of the population are vegan. Right. It's a fucking tiny number. <laughs> but they have a big presence, right. right? And the polyamorous space is much of the same. The people we talk to all talk to the same people. Right. They correspond with the same people. They engage with the same people. They even go to the same conferences and events. It's all the same fucking people. Right. So it's a small space, but they have a very large voice. Right. And I found that interesting. So I guess much, there's just fewer people who identify that way. I personally think because it's one of the more difficult dynamics to conquer. You know, I mean, you think about the the, the swinger lifestyle, right? Quote unquote, get four people to agree on anything. Holy shit. It's like an act of Congress. Yeah, I think it's more than just that, though. I think it's more than just the relationship dynamic. I also think it's the idea of if you're in a polyamorous relationship, if you truly, for example, if I had a second boyfriend and then had to introduce that concept to my parents, my grandparents, my siblings, that's a completely different thing than if they found out that we were fucking other people. Yeah, I, I for a yeah. lot of people, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. They have that distinction of like a relationship and having sex are two very different things to the outside world, and being able to wrap their heads around that is really difficult. Well, listen, the one thing we know for certain, not only did we know this long before, but it's being beaten into our heads through this this continued education that sex and love are completely they are not synonymous. Right. They do not necessarily live in the same place. They can certainly. But that is not, they are not exclusive to one another. Right. And that's difficult for a, 
for the majority of people on the planet to get their fucking heads around. Well, yeah, because it's such a societal thing. Every fucking rom-com, every, yeah. you know, every coming of age story where you're told you're supposed to hold on to your virginity until you fall in love with the right person. Like all of that bullshit. I don't want to live in that neighborhood. <laughs> I don't either. Fuck that. But it's so ingrained in who we are as people in this society. It's well, it's really changing. I think that's changing. I think it is too. And that's a, a With your huge, generation for sure. A huge part of the conversations that you and I have had because we are in different generations is we have very different, we have the same values in terms of consensual non-monogamy, but very different perspectives on the verbiage and the dynamics and kind of what's considered normal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I fall into a different category, I think even for even for my generation, but certainly there are some differences because we are, you know, we're 20 years apart. So there's, there's a, there's some variance there, but the bottom line is it's ethical non-monogamy. We don't fall into any particular box. We kind of, you know, we fall into a number of boxes, yeah. which well, I like. I think the the way you put it this morning was perfect. We were talking about it right before we went to the gym this morning. And you said, I think the best way that we can describe ourselves, because I think you do have to kind of put labels on things, unfortunately. I guess. It's the way that we see the world. You have to almost categorize things in order to understand the world around you. It's just a, a human nature. But I think the way that we can describe ourselves to people that still is congruent with who we are, but gets our point across to people is that we're fluid. Yeah. Like we are not set in any one thing. We are open to all possibilities. Here's our past experience, but we're open to any possibilities. Yeah, I don't think at this point we can discount any possibility, which like I said, if, to tell you where we're going to be in five years without the the opportunity to travel this year that we're you know the year that we're going to have on the road i don't think it's possible to really say this is what i think it looks like right i, I don't think that's possible i don't think so i think we have to kind of engage in some you know different places and with different people and really kind of find you know feel our way a little bit to see what's comfortable that's the biggest thing. Well, and right? we're very, very lucky in that because of the show, we have been in contact with some amazing people, all of whom have a little bit different perspective yeah. on consensual non-monogamy as a whole. Yeah. And being able to see things through their lens has been hugely impactful for me personally, I know. Yeah. The, the gal that I was texting this morning, she is a, a therapist and a polyamorous person, very prominent in the in the true poly space. You know, she has some very unique perspectives. I'm really interested to have a, a a conversation with her, which we'll do soon, and really kind of flush it out a little bit. I'm curious. I want to speak to her particularly and ask her what she thinks our relationship looks like from the outside. Me too. I'm, I'm curious about that. So, you know, we have our own perspe perception of what we think we are, but I do think that we fall into so many different categories. It's just not possible to just be, you know, pigeonhole. This is what we are and that's it. Yeah. Because every time we've done that in the past... We've pivoted. Well, and it's really funny. We used to always describe ourselves as like, oh, we don't know what we fall into because we're just slutty. But the truth of the matter is that's not really the truth. No, no, not at all. I think that we are open. We're just open people. I think coming together, you and I, and being able to explore things together as a team has caused us to see the world around us as like just this wide open opportunity for us. Well, that's because we are not, again, we don't 
we don't discount any opportunity. We are not closed off to the idea of taking on a third partner in our relationship. We don't see it happening now. It doesn't make sense, but it certainly is impossible for me to say. Yeah, you say that, but I'm still saying, what if we went for coffee tomorrow morning and this amazing woman who was like the most perfect thing ever walked in, started flirting with us and we just hit it off. You just never fucking know. You have to be open to everything. She better be prepared to pack a bag because she's going to be gone for a year. What if she works remotely anyway? Yeah, listen, I guess you can't say it. I don't see it. I don't see that being a thing. I don't either. But what I'm saying is like, that's the mindset I want to go into our our adventures with in the future anyway. Is like anything could fucking happen. For sure. Listen, I have no doubt that along our, along the way in our travels this upcoming year, I would be very surprised if at some point we don't take on a, a travel partner with us for a period of time. I'd be very surprised if someone didn't jump on board and travel with us for a bit. You know, you think that's going to happen? I absolutely think it will. Oh, that's it. that would be I super interesting. I absolutely think it will. And that will be, as I was, I was thinking to myself again this morning after we had that conversation, I think because I believe that, and I've believed that almost from the beginning, I think that that will give us a real good indication of what that five-year, you know, time looks like for us so in your head is she a tatted big bootied lady i'm not even saying it's a woman <laughs> i'm saying but i'm saying but it could be a guy too yeah. you know i'm not discounting the idea of a male or female on that you know in that journey or both who the hell knows i have no doubt though that it's somewhere along the way someone a couple will want to travel with us for a period of time who has the opportunity and that will also open up some doors for us personally well yeah what if it was a couple that we ended up clicking with? yeah we haven't had that conversation we know people that have done that we have friends that they yeah. went kind of back and forth between the two worlds they were basically in a polyamorous relationship with, with another couple they neither were playing with anyone no, else these are two period. married couples that were engaging only with each other living separately but only with each other and when it ended it was like a breakup exactly terrible breakup yeah and we had met them only a few months after that or something right and it seemed like it was still pretty raw like this was a very emotional thing for them yeah 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 they were very uh sensitive to it for sure and they obviously brought it up to us we had no idea i found it incredibly interesting because it had never really occurred to me that that was a thing I never, never really saw that as a possibility, but it certainly is. Yeah, it's not the first thing you think of when you think of Polly. No, because especially when you th- well, especially when you think of swinging, getting two people to agree on a place to go to dinner is difficult. You know, then get to the point where you're actually going to play, and what does that look like? Then four people agreeing to be in a you know like a, a, a not monogamous but an exclusive relationship with each other. Yeah. Holy shit! I mean, you talk about like all the moons aligning. Right. I can't even imagine what that must take. Oh damn! You know that's. That makes it's my crazy. head hurt just thinking about Holy it. Holy shit. Yeah, you got to now you got to ask three people for, yo, know, is this okay? Do you mind if I do this? It's like Well, it's aligning for schedules. Oh. oh I can't even. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't even wrap my head around that. But for some people, I guess it works. And yeah, you can't discount the idea that that's possible for us. We certainly are we're not we're open to any and all possibilities. Yeah. That's the whole thing. And with this trip is with that's what we're that's why we're doing this. You know, to experience everything we possibly can to determine where we want to be five years and beyond. Yeah. You know, that's what it's going to take. I agree. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, it's going to be an interesting time for FPS. <laughs> yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the main reason we wanted to talk about this is because we receive so much correspondence from you, our listeners, about here is what our dynamic looks like. What does that make us? And I understand why that question is being asked. I'm, I'm certainly not shitting on that question being asked because we ask it of ourselves all the time. Yeah. 
But I think the way that I have chosen to respond to those things now and will going forward is like, just do what you want to do. And if there are things that you need to communicate to people about what your dynamic looks like, you know, do that, but don't pigeonhole yourself to one thing. Yeah, as long as you and your partner are simpatico, then you can do whatever you want to do. But certainly, like you said, don't think that you have to fall into a category. That's the key, I think. Don't think that because there are labels and different categories and different camps, you know, you have the very staunch, we're swingers. We swap with couples. That's what we do. You've got the poly folks who do not align with the idea of being a swinger. They think it's just indiscriminate sex. That doesn't work for them. Don't think you have to fall into any one particular category because you're being kind of you know, coerced to do so or you're afraid to step outside the box. If you and your partner are on the same page, then do whatever the fuck makes you happy. Fuck yeah. That's, I mean, that's really what it boils down to for us. We don't do anything that both of us aren't on board with. But if we're both on board, we jump in hip fucking deep. Yeah. So, that's just the way we do it. I think part of it is our age difference too, you know? the I, so? Well, because you are 20 years older than me. And so sometimes we think about like the fact that life is already really fucking short. And then you consider the fact that we have 20 years between us. And it's like, we have to make the most of every fucking moment. And yeah. that's how we have chosen to live our lives. And I think it's allowed us to do so many amazing things and meet so many amazing people that I question if we had kept ourselves back if we had just gone okay we're just a hot wife couple and we're not going to experience anything outside of that think about how many opportunities we would have missed out on fun friends all of that well the other thing for me is like you said i i think often depending on the situation about our uh, you know our age gap and you're talking about 20 years it's a lot of time so at some point i'm going to be 75 and then you're going to be around my age right now yeah so you know i think well we better start looking for a boyfriend for her like today because, you know, at 75, I've, I've probably taken, with all the abuse I've given my body, I've probably taken 10 years off my life, I would say. No question about it. So, you know, at 75, I don't know what I look, what kind of shape I'm going to be in at 75. Shit's going to hurt. It hurts now, you know? So I, I think to myself, what are we going to do for her in her 50s? we got to find her a 25-year-old. <laughs> it you doesn't know? have to be 20. we got to figure that out. You know? That's very thoughtful of you, though, that yeah, you I want to make me happy during that time and ensure that I have what I need. Well, it's also the other reason, honestly, that I don't discount the idea of a third person being in our relationship at some point. Yeah. Because I don't want it to be a situation where, you know, you're unfulfilled for whatever reason because I'm fucking old and you're pushing me around in a fucking wheelchair and feeding me pudding. I mean, I'll so, happily do it, but I also want to, you know, get some dick. Exactly. So my <laughs> thought is, well, shit, maybe we are at some point we have to consider that as a possibility yeah you know i certainly don't discount the idea so it's something we're gonna have to you know give some thought to down the road interesting you know? yeah i mean at this point i mean think about it right honestly can you imagine us being a completely monogamous couple no. i mean we can do it certainly because we enjoy each other's time and this time alone has really taught us how much we enjoy each other's time yeah but is it something that you want to do i don't want to be a monogamous couple no no me either so, and I certainly don't want you to be monogamous either. And so why would we not consider the possibility? I think we have to consider it given the age gap. If yeah. for no other reason, we have to consider the idea of someone, at least within 10 years of you, you know, potentially <laughs> being on board. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't have to worry about it today, but, you know, five years, 10 years from now, I mean, we have to be prepared for that. Yeah. I think so. Are you like mentally preparing yourself for that? I mean, it seems yeah, a little early for that. Yeah, it is. But uh, listen, you're talking about a relationship, right? I'm not talking about just meeting somebody and hooking up. If there's going to be a long-term relationship, someone that you're going to spend time with when I'm gone, 
uh, yeah, I think we need to. Ha- I think you need to consider it seriously. Yeah, you know, I mean, I really do. So whether that happens today is a whole different conversation. But certainly within the next ten years, yeah, that's that's something we need to consider. Fuck people. We got much deeper on this episode than I was expecting to get, but I like that we did. I think it brought up a lot of interesting... I mean, and this is an example of the the conversations we've been having over the last few days about all of this. Weeks just, and months. Yeah, listen, we haven't even gotten to the, into why these conversations have really come up. Besides the continued education that you and I jumped on hard. We've been, we've been at this a while now, but really during this downtime, we had a lot of time to catch up. So it's been going on a while. But the other thing is the, all the projects we have coming up have really brought on the idea of varying types of relationships and it's going to it's going to all come kind of to to fruition here soon june 1st when we're able to kind of talk about some of these things you know everyone will understand why we've been having these conversations and what sparked these conversations yeah you know um but there yeah there's a lot to consider damn yeah, lots to consider. I'm so glad we had this conversation on the podcast. I hope you guys, as in the listeners, found this, you know. Yeah, we had another episode we were going to put up, which we will. But we thought, you know, we had this conversation this morning in detail at 6 a.m. It was fresh in our heads. And I was like, this is an episode. We need to have this conversation. We need to flush this out on the show because yeah. there are all probably a lot of people in our same boat. A lot we- of people that are like, what are we? Who the fuck are we? We get a lot. Listen, we got an email this morning from someone with the same question. So everyone, not everyone, a lot of people are kind of in their own heads about where they live in this space. And I think the truth of it is what we talked about. And I think what we finally flushed out is, you know, don't be concerned about where you think you need to be. Be concerned about where you want to be. Yes. So get with your partner, make those decisions together. And whatever that looks like, then that's where you're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to be where you want to be. You know, which is what we're going to do. We are a hot wife couple. It is certainly our bread and butter. It's what drives us the most, I think, in this space, certainly, for a number of reasons, not the least of which is the empowerment piece for you, uh, the compersion piece for me, the reconnecting piece for the both of us. But there are still other things we want to experience. Yes. So, and we're going to do that. Yeah. We're not limiting ourselves. No, no, no. Not pumped. I'm pumped. We have so much cool shit coming up. We have cool shit coming up both professionally and personally. And I think it's all going to meld together. And I'm just so excited to see a lot of this, um, you know, all come together and and make a lot of sense. It is. I'm I'm looking forward to it uh, from both, as you said, a a personal and and professional standpoint, but certainly the professional because we're going to really be able to do some things that are going to be really good for a lot of people. Once we're able to to get on the road and do all the things we want to do, the things that are planned and things that are in the works. Of course, some things had to be canceled and postponed, but you know, we'll get we'll get around that. But uh, I think there's a lot to be had for sure. Yes, absolutely. And if you guys want to hear the announcement first, I don't know when June 1st is. Is that next Monday? Yeah, today's the 25th, so we got 5 days. We will probably announce it first on our social media. And our our patrons will hear it first from us. Well, we're going to send out a kind of a memo to them, giving them an idea of what's coming. To what to look out for. Oh, and yeah, to ask good for point. Some we of can do support. a post on our Patreon community. Yeah. So what we'll do is post it first on Patreon, then you'll see it on social media, then you'll hear about it on the podcast. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is make sure you're jumping on board on Patreon and also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter, both at FP Swingers. We also have a couple of YouTube videos planned, which I'm really excited for. If you haven't already seen our toy reviews and informational videos on our YouTube channel, we hope you'll check them out and subscribe while you're there the channel is called front porch swingers and what else do we have i think that's it we got a lot of cool shit coming up but get on any of the platforms and find us you'll see all this cool stuff uh, happening real time 
Hell yes. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks, everyone.